What We Value, the podcast. Hello and welcome to What We Value, a podcast by Deutsche Telekom aiming to inspire and support young people on their volunteering journey. Listen to insightful conversations between me, your host, Jacqueline Azza, and a diverse range of guests from across Europe, from high profile and action oriented young activists to volunteering project leaders. Okay. Hi, everybody. We are going to get started. I am super excited to be here. Um, and yeah, this is something I've been looking forward to for a while now. And I know we have people tuning in from different parts of the world. I'm personally calling in from New York City. Um, and I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about periods and the menstrual movement and just how volunteering has played such a pivotal part, especially in the beginning part of my career. Um, for those of you who don't know, my name is Nadia Okamoto, and I'm a social entrepreneur and an influencer based in New York City. And if my name or my picture looks familiar, you might already know me from TikTok or Instagram as the quote unquote period girl. Of course, periods are a very personal thing, um, but I've been utterly obsessed with periods for about eight years of my career so far. Um, and it's been something that I've just continued to be super passionate about as well. So the leading reason why I'm able to keep up my motivation in period advocacy is how related it is to gender equality and intersectionality. And I think that allows me to really see the need for working on things like this in my everyday life. And so many people ask me why I care so deeply about periods. And it truly is that the more I learn about the issue, the more necessary I think it becomes to talk about it and break the period stigma. I first learned about period poverty in 2014 from hearing stories directly from homeless women about their experience of not being able to afford period products. At the time, I was living in Portland, Oregon, and I had never heard of period poverty before. It was not something I learned about in school. It was not something that um, I was taught when I was getting my period. But learning about period poverty and even that the fact that 40 states in the U.S. at the time had the tampon tax, which is a sales tax considering period care non-essential goods, it just made me really angry and ignited this sort of fire inside of me. And it was probably one of the first times in my career where I felt this very burning need to take action. Um, so that year in 2014, I started what is now known as period.org, a nonprofit. And I led it as executive director until January 2020 before I began my journey focusing on my now startup, August. So I'm currently the CEO and co-founder of August, which is a lifestyle period brand. And a huge part of why I wanted to start August was actually inspired by the work that I was doing at Period, the nonprofit, working to distribute millions of period products to places in need, and then also writing my book, Period Power, which came out in 2018. I feel like my journey in periods has taken many twists and turns from developing new programs, learning to expand my vocabulary to be more inclusive, or even starting new ventures and new companies. But even though the vehicle by which I work has shifted over the years, I feel like my mission has always stayed the same. And that's because of part of starting my career or any sort of activism at a young age. I think a huge part of that for anybody is that you have a lot to learn. And for me, I personally felt, uh, you know, ready to take the risk to do that learning on the job. For example, when I started the nonprofit, I was only focused on the distribution of period care. 
But after several months of working in that space, I quickly realized that the issue was a lot more systemic and even culturally embedded. Period poverty exists because we live in a society that has for far too long thought of period care as something luxurious, something that is non-essential, not a necessity. And I very much believe that it is a necessity and that we have the right to access period care um, because not having access to period care for anybody affects the way that they're able to fully participate in society, whether that be their social life or work, whether that even be in finding their own personal confidence, whether or not they're on their period. So as my nonprofit developed policy and legislative advocacy work, the organization's programs naturally morphed. I'll also be the first to admit that when I started my advocacy, I was 16 years old and there was a lot that I think I was ignorant to. I wasn't thinking of the different identities represented in the community of menstruators. I was thinking about it from the community or and the experience of being a cis woman as a cis woman myself. And it wouldn't be until the second year of my work that I was finally educated on the need to be more gender inclusive with the language that I use and in all the work that I do to be more inclusive of trans and non-binary menstruators or even intersex menstruators out there. And now I think that I am continuing to learn even how to be more inclusive for disabled menstruators in the community as well. I think early on, I had to learn that it was important to pivot, admit when I was wrong very quickly, as quickly as possible, and try to learn from others and stay humble in the fact that I always need to be on high alert when trying to figure out how to expand my vocabulary and efforts to be as effective, sustainable, and inclusive as possible. For a few years in the beginning of my career, I was working essentially two different jobs in leadership, leading Period, the nonprofit, which by that point had distributed about 25 million units of period care and had chapters registered in all 50 states and 50 other countries, and also acting as chief brand officer at a Gen Z marketing agency called Juve Consulting that had grown to work with over 40 Fortune 500 companies. And in my capacity as chief brand officer at Juve, I started working with a number of major period care brands as clients of mine. So essentially for a few years, I was working with like every major period company, either as a nonprofit partner, as an influencer, or as a consultant. And as a consultant, I was really trying to push for improvement in these brands from the angle of sustainability and inclusivity and ethics even. And I did this for several years, pouring my heart into trying to get that to work on the issue from the nonprofit and the consulting angle. And naturally, the more I worked in the field, the more I learned and the more I honed in on these different ideas on how I felt the period industry needed to change. And, you know, for any menstruator, having a dignified period is about remembering that you know, our bodies go through this menstru menstruating process and it is very natural, it is very beautiful, it's powerful and it's not shameful. And when it comes to period care, I believe that every human, regardless of gender or, you know, where they're born into the world, deserves to have their natural needs met so that they feel ready to discover and reach their full potential. And a huge part of my company August mission is to destigmatize periods and show people that periods are not something to be ashamed of. And at August, we really believe in a world where all humans have their natural needs met with quality care. And we aim to be part of the necessary cultural change, which we know requires time, patience, and conscious curation. 
Another thing that's been vital in changing the culture um, around periods in our own August world is building community and creating the spaces where we can talk about menstruation really openly. Our community is the reason we were first motivated to start thinking about improving period care from a product lens. Building a community on social media and centering them was a vital component in the beginning stages and even currently in building what is now August. And it's been so exciting to finally be able to, one, personally, but also from a company standpoint, have this space where we're able to have these really open discussions. Everything we do at August is with, by, and for our community, which we playfully call the inner cycle. And that community is a welcoming space where people can talk about all things periods. And our members have actually been a really, really strong part of any sort of company launch or product development. And I'm truly so honored to be surrounded by a brilliant team and community. In chatting with our August Inner Cycle too, I think it's been a huge, uh, you know, source of inspiration, especially when I'm feeling discouraged or down or feeling like I'm in those moments where I just want to quit. And I believe in what I do, and I'm incredibly inspired and humbled by the opportunities to work with such incredible people who constantly push me to think bolder and work smarter and be accountable to the intentions of what we are building. One thing that's been vital for building uh, my nonprofit and also August now has been being really resourceful with social media. I think at a really early age, especially when I was getting into my entrepreneurial journey, you know, I didn't have money personally. It was one of my first jobs and it was a fully volunteer thing for the first several years. And social media was a very obvious thing at our fingertips um, that was completely free for us to mobilize on. And social media has allowed us to democratize information and spread it faster than ever before. It isn't a tool that Gen Z has to learn. It's almost like this way of life that we're born into, this sort of extension of our self-expression. And this generation is the voice of our future in that way because we are uniquely positioned to mobilize social change through this messaging. And because of that, I think it is so imperative to use the platforms of social media to build community and create safe spaces like we're doing here today for sharing diverse experiences and identities. And even though I'm more of an introvert, I have no problem showing up as my most authentic self on social media and helping educate others on combating period poverty and period stigma. And I think part of the reason why I think introverts can sometimes flourish on social media is that we're really just standing, you know, by ourselves in a room and creating content that we really believe in. Sometimes I do get discouraged because chipping away at the period stigma is a long and slow process and I'm constantly getting internet hate. But the one thing that always affirms me and helps me know my work is valuable is seeing firsthand the impact that August has made. I received thousands of comments from young menstruators on my social media accounts telling us how we've changed their perspective on periods or the way they approach their period care. And for me, it's really amazing to see the impact our community has had. And that is honestly what drives me every day to continue this advocacy work. A lot of people ask how they can join this menstrual movement and the fight for more equitable access to period care and the effort to break down the stigma and taboo around periods. And truly on the most basic level, this starts with breaking the stigma around periods and talking freely about periods as the natural and powerful thing that they are in your own communities. 
Periods are powerful, and yet society teaches us to feel ashamed and silences us when talking about menstruation. And this is something we need to be conscious of to stop this mentality. We fundamentally need to get all of our society, whether you menstruate or not, to acknowledge and act on the the, not only the idea, but the fact that menstrual products are necessities and everyone should have equitable access to them. It is also important to recognize that when working to destigmatize menstruation, we have to center inclusivity, ensure that no one is left out, discriminated against, or marginalized. And some of that starts with simple conversations with our friends, our families, working to normalize talking about periods as something that is natural and powerful. And then only then can we advance into further volunteer work, such as hosting period care drives, advocating to change local and state policies surrounding providing free period care, and even grassroots organizing around the topic as well. And, you know, I really am only one small part of this very fast growing movement that's been truly going on since the beginning of time, since menstruation truly makes human life possible and has been around for so long. But over all these years, from when I was 16 years old until everything that I've learned now, my personal mission of breaking the period stigma and fighting for menstrual equity has never wavered. It's truly just been about learning the different vehicles and approaches I can have to this fight and also continuing to be really honest with myself about how I can improve my own language to be more inclusive, to learn with others. And you know, when I was starting my work when I was 16, again, it's been a lot of learning on the job, whether that be learning how to be a better leader, how I wanted to structure organizations, or even figuring out what it even meant to lead a nonprofit or what it meant to organize rallies, or now in my capacity as a CEO, what it meant to be a CEO, what it meant to build a really strong team from the company angle. You know, I've learned so much from my mentors and my team and peers over the years, and I'm so grateful to be in the position I am now. And I still struggle with imposter syndrome because I feel every day that I have so much to learn, but I'm really thankful for the opportunity to be able to do this work in the first place. Balancing school, work, and social life is doable, but it does mean you have to prioritize and make sacrifices. For me, I didn't have the typical college life of lots of socializing and studying abroad opportunities and work always came first. And I have the privilege of being able to prioritize my entrepreneurial passion. And that means I have to accept not really or not having been able to really have a super social college life. And I've had to quit a lot of the clubs I was a part of in school and I wasn't able to have time for. But for me, it may, it was all worth it because I was so passionate and am so passionate about the work that I do today. And I think that when it comes to finding harmony with your, you know, the different aspects of your life that are pulling your energies in different ways, it's really about making tough decisions sometimes to make sure that you're prioritizing your own health and you're prioritizing the long-term sustainability of the energy you have. And by the way, like I'm still totally working on this. Balance is very hard for me. And some may say that perfect balance is a myth, but I'm really continuing to learn more about how to prioritize every day. And my current hack from a productivity standpoint is to sleep as much as possible. So I highly recommend that. But, you know, recently the attack against reproductive rights in the U.S. only renewed my passion and energy to fight for bodily autonomy and inclusivity. There's a direct link to talking about our periods and understanding our menstrual health and the fight for reproductive rights and access to abortion. 
And I think more now than ever before, and in recognizing how climate change and gender equality are inherently linked together, we have to address period poverty and stigma. We all have a part to play in this movement as humans because periods make human life possible and none of us would be here without menstruation. This is a menstrual movement and I'm honored to be a small but mighty part of it. And because we all either get a period or we're here again because periods exist, we all have a part to play and I'm excited to do that with all of you. So I hope that this is just the beginning of a longer conversation and community building um, with all of you and the What We Value community. And I hope we can connect here or on social media. I'm at Nadia Okamoto and truly so inspired by all the organizing that's happening both digitally and in person around the pressing issues that our generation is facing today. And I'm truly inspired by the work you're doing and I'm excited to stay in touch. Um, so please don't hesitate to reach out and I will talk to you all hopefully soon. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you would like to find out more about volunteering, tune in to our next episode of the What We Value podcast. Are you interested in getting involved and active yourself? Head over to whatwevalue.telecom.com to discover and support exciting volunteer projects across Europe. 